Hey there, this is Bethany Kilcrease, and I am recording on 921 from Grand Rapids, Michigan, in my office here at Aquinas College. So, exciting news for my History of World War I class, or I guess just for me personally. I just got in the mail my brand new face mask for World War I class, and it's just a face mask. But the cool thing on it is that it is printed with lozenge pattern camouflage. So I thought this would be a fun opportunity to talk about uh, camouflage during World War I, and in particular, this really unique lozenge pattern camouflage. Uh, now, lozenge camouflage is camouflage that was used by the Central Powers during World War I, the Germans in particular, um, a little bit by the Austrians, but primarily the Germans, starting in the latter part of the war, um, in 1915, 1916, moving on from there. And if you're wondering why it's called lozenge camouflage, a lozenge is uh, like a rhombus or a diamond shape. So if you think of a diamond shape, um, that's sometimes called a lozenge or a rhombus, okay? And the exact definition of like what constitutes a lozenge <clears throat> as opposed to a diamond or as opposed to a rhombus, in my understanding, is a little bit weak. Um, but nevertheless, sometimes that shape is referred to as a lozenge. And so what the uh, German professional uh, professionals working on camouflage began to do is to experiment with these lozenges uh, or rhombus diamond shapes to camouflage things. And they eventually kind of mutated from being more of a pattern of uh, four-sided diamonds or rhombuses to being uh, more like polygons. So a shape that's got multiple sides to it, right? So that could be like a hexagon, excuse me, something like that. And so what started to happen was the Germans began creating these intricate patterns of polygons on especially their aircraft. Uh, sometimes they would put it on artillery and things like that too, but on aircraft to camouflage their aircraft. And this uh, lozenge camouflage pattern uh, would be really highly um, colorful actually. So this would not be necessarily in sort of, I don't know, browns or greens, or um, if it's on aircraft, blues, right, to match the sky. Uh, the point of this actually was not necessarily to blend in with your surroundings. Um, that would be uh, mimicry, right? Mimicry camouflage. But the point of this instead was to use um, patterns that would sort of trick your eye uh, through visual disruption. And this is called crypsis. Okay, this is used by animals in the animal kingdom sometimes. Um, another classic example of Crypsis camouflage designed to trick your eye uh, via disruption is Dazzle camouflage, uh, which was used in the Navy, in the British Navy, quite a bit. Uh, we'll talk about that in class somewhat. But another example is this lozenge camouflage. So it's not meant to blend in with the background per se, but it's meant to trick the eye right, by disrupting uh, what the eye is seeing. And so as a result, the colors don't necessarily match the background, really. Um, they're kind of bright. I mean, actually, the mask that I have, if I look at it, I can see that the colors on it aren't quite right. Um, the colors 
look a little bit more like whoever made it. I mean, it's a cheap manufacturer, so whoever made it, uh, it looks like they were thinking more like it should have to blend into like a wooded background or something. But in reality, uh, that's not the color patterns that they would use. Um, the color patterns uh, would be uh, usually a couple different uh, sort of slates of pattern, and you would have like a darker slate and a, and a lighter slate. Initially in the war, they would use uh, four colors that they would alternate, and then that moved to five colors a little bit later on in the war. Now, primarily, uh, this lozenge camouflage was used on aircraft right, uh, to try and prevent aircraft from being seen by the enemy on the ground or from other aircraft up flying up above. And uh, the one problem was that they couldn't actually paint it on the aircraft, uh, this camouflage pattern, because it would be too heavy. And so they would put it on fabric and then drape the fabric around the aircraft. And like I said, there were two different kind of slates of the camouflage, a darker kind of palette and a lighter palette. And the top portion of the aircraft would be in the darker palette. So the darker palette uh, would have colors on it that would be um, sort of like um, a purple, uh, maybe like an ochre, um, a green, a blue, a blue-green. And then the underside, the lower side of an aircraft would have lighter colors on it, sort of like a more of a lighter colors, like lilacs, uh, sky blue, lighter blue-greens, um, yellows, that kind of thing. And so it would have these two different slates of um, camouflage on it. Now, interestingly enough, even though it, it, they're using fabric, right? So they're not actually painting the camouflage onto aircraft to make it lighter and to mass produce it, they're using fabric that they drape over the aircraft and put on it. Um, they never really used this for uniforms or anything like that. It was pretty exclusively used by aircraft. And I believe, and somebody can uh, maybe correct me if I'm wrong about this, but I believe it was also used occasionally on um, draped over or on artillery pieces as well. Um, so they had that kind of going on. Now the most famous plane, or perhaps one of the most famous planes, to be covered in this particular uh, pattern was actually the Fokker plane. And the Fokker plane is really significant. We'll talk more about that later on, why this was a big advance um, in terms of um, aircraft design at this time, the synchronization gear that it had, which enabled a machine gun to fire through the propeller and not shoot the propeller off or something like this. But anyway, uh, so the German uh, Fokker airplanes were covered in this um, lozenge pattern and then would typically then feature the uh, Balkenkreuz, the black cross or the core cross of the uh, Germans. Anyway, so that is I guess my new mask that we used to see in class, it's featuring uh, that kind of camouflage on it. And so kind of a cool thing where we see art coming together with warfare. And um, to this day, actually, we see the use of this, maybe not lozenge pattern, but this style of um, camouflage, crypsis, as opposed to mimicry. So if we think about like what are various uh, uniforms looking like today in the special forces in particular and things like this around the world. Many of them are not based on mimicry camouflage, but they're based on crypsis, the idea of trying to trick the eye and disrupt the surroundings. So when we think about the development of camouflage, we want to think about it in terms of not just blending in, but in terms of manipulation of what the eye sees 
And that could be even using really bright colors that look nothing like the background, um, but just are able to disrupt and trick you. And there's a little bit of art involved in this um, as well. So on that note, thanks for listening. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye.